What's up? It's Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast presented by Coors Light. Stay inside and buy your Coors Light online. Find out how at get.coorslight.com. Coors Light, take time to chill. This is Chicago's home for sports. Stream ESPN 1000 easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. You're listening to Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. What's up and welcome in. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the brand new ESPN Chicago app. So glad you're with us. Hope that you had a great weekend. Hope that you have a great Monday night to keep you company until 10 o'clock right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. So here's the headline that's missing in the Last Dance documentary. You ready for it? The headline that's missing in the documentary that we saw last night and we've been seeing for weeks. Kraus and Reinsdorf, Jerry Kraus and Jerry Reinsdorf, we're pretty much saying, if these teams in the East and West can't beat you, we will beat you. The Last Dance is one of the best documentaries that I've ever seen. And for me, it's personal growing up on the South Side and watching the Bulls as a kid in the early 80s and watching the metamorphosis of Michael Jordan and the Bulls championship dynasty. To be able to walk up at the Chicago Stadium and purchase a ticket on game day and to be able to be amongst one of maybe 5,000, maybe 6,000 people at the Chicago Stadium to see a young Michael Jordan and a young Bulls team, pretty cool. And sure, the documentary was in Michael Jordan's viewpoint. The history that we have seen from the Bulls is and how it's fondly remembered usually comes from those who won. For those that have an issue with the way this documentary went about and the viewpoint of it, remember... Michael is the winner. The Bulls were the winners, so they can be able to tell the story because the history speaks for itself. But I can't go back and move forward without talking about this headline, right? Because teams that have had a successful run, for the most part, should have their opportunity to try. The run should end itself until the wheels fall off. The big question today after watching all 10 episodes of the documentary is, would the Bulls win a title again after winning the sixth? Would they win their seventh title in nine years? The players deserve to see if they could. And if you're ownership, or if you're the fans, you know that the team deserved to see if whether or not this could be done or not. You saw Michael Jordan's face. You saw Jerry Reinsdorf try to explain why this core was not given an opportunity to win another championship. I understand, and you understand this too, that everyone's run comes to an end at some point, but the wheels were not falling off the Chicago Bulls in 1999, especially with a lockout shortened season and the core of Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Ron Harper, and edit pieces that the great Krause could pick up. One more run of the championship should have been given to the core. And I'm not saying that's because of fandom or nostalgia. I'm saying it because of Michael Jordan. As time continues to march on, we get these hot take debate shows that are trying to diminish or demean what Michael Jordan meant to the NBA and who Michael Jordan was. In this documentary, this was not doctored film to see Michael Jordan have all these great highlights and all these great moments. This is actually something that happened. This is not questioning, was the moon landing real? 
or was it not real? It's not what it's about. What it's about is, is watching a guy that was an all time great in the NBA carry his team to six titles in eight years, because you know, he was the heartbeat of the team. Why I'm saying this is because the Michael Jordan deserved at least one more shot at the championship, because what makes the Bulls so special that all of a sudden they have to stop winning championships because, well, just because they have to. What makes them so special that after we watched 6,008 years, okay, that's enough winning. Who says that in their life? You know what? I'm so winning at life, I'm going to stop. We'll stop right here. We'll dig into it even more as we move forward here on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Again, I'm not saying this for nostalgia or for fandom. I'm saying it because of Michael Jordan. You don't turn a blind eye to greatness and say, ah, Michael Jordan, Rusty LaRue, tomato, tomato. Ah, Scottie Pippen, Brent Berry, tomato, tomato. Ah, Dennis Rodman, Cornell David, tomato, tomato. Here's what's funny. The revisionist history about Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf from their defenders is hilarious to me. I understand that in our world today with our news and our politics and even in our sports, you can try to twist facts and turn things just to be provocative. But I don't know. Say whatever you want about me, but I'm going to tell you facts. And I will tell you what really is happening, despite what we saw on the documentary. The documentary laid out from Jordan's standpoint and from where history will tell you what happened with the regime of the Chicago Bulls in that championship era. The Krauss and Reinsdorf defenders are really funny. You mean these two have foresight of the future of the Bulls, right? Just these two, Krauss and Reinsdorf. Sure, pull the plug now because the team's getting older. Pull the plug now because, you know, you got to understand that these guys are not going to win another championship. Look at the ages of these guys. Look how it took so much for them to win six titles in eight years. Yeah, I got to pull the plug on it now before they get too old. Can I tell you something between you and I? The plug was pulled because the United Center was going to be sold out whether Michael Jordan was there or not. The suites were going to be sold out because of the championship run. So management looked at the money and the revenue stream and the merchandise from the Bulls championship era. And they weighed that versus the success and the championships that came with the Bulls. They looked at the money that's already been spent. People thought that this would last forever. Even I knew that it wouldn't last forever. You'd hope that as a Bulls fan, right? It would last as long as possible. But because the Bulls just kept winning, people want to make sure that they were on the season ticket list. They want to make sure they had a butt in their seat at the United Center. And they want to be part of the fun. Because it was fun. The 90s was a great ride. Some of the 80s, a great ride for a Bulls fan. But they want to make sure that they were on the list and had an opportunity to go see the Chicago Bulls at the United Center. Brand new stadium, relatively brand new stadium at the time. And on top of that, there was an attraction. And that attraction was Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, the Bulls winning. That was the attraction. And because of that, people continued to pour money into the Chicago Bulls, poured money into the United Center and suites and merchandise and tickets and everything else that the Bulls had to offer. 
And so Kraus and Reinsdorf weighed the money versus the success and the championship team. Maybe Kraus and Reinsdorf didn't like Michael Jordan. Maybe they didn't like Scottie Pippen or Phil Jackson, but they were winners. And they deserve credit for putting the winningest team on the floor in the history of Chicago sports. I know it's 2020. And you just have to be able to give that hot take of, "Mm, Jordan was great, but. When you're great, there is no but. When you're the best, there is no but. When you're at the top of your game, there is no but. But no, no, no. Now, I understand that we've got to take a look at the poison pizza and and Jordan's eyes. And trying to figure out, well, what's really the underlying message here? What do they really mean there? Instead of just looking at the positive, and that is the greatest champion that we've ever seen in this city. But you've got to be able to not look at the ha-ha or the speculation or the hot take and look at what really happened here to the Bulls. Chris Black put it out there on Twitter for all of us to see last night. He said, well, folks, that is why the Bulls can't get free agents. (laughs) 10 episodes. This is why the Bulls can't get free agents because it was just laid out for you right there in 10 different episodes. It's crazy, right? But it's true. So, I don't know. I'm just funny about facts and being able to refresh myself because this documentary was a refresher of why the Bulls are in this spot right now trying to get that same respect they had in the 90s. So, the great sleuth, Jerry Krause, he made sure that after the championship run that he traded Steve Kerr to San Antonio for Chuck Person, a 2000 first-round draft pick. That first-round draft pick was Dalibor Bagarich. Steve Kerr, the hot three-point shooter for the Chicago Bulls. We'll talk about Steve a little bit later on in our show. But on January 21st, 1999, a few days before Michael Jordan officially retired, the Bulls released on the 21st of January 1999, Judd Bushler. Joe Klein, Dennis Rodman, and John Sally on the same day, on the 21st of January. On the 23rd of January, 1999, the Suns traded Mark Bryant, Bubba Wells, and a European player, and a 1999 first-round draft pick, which was Ron Artest, Metal World Peace, to the Bulls for Luke Longley. In January 25th of 1999, the Bulls signed Brent Berry as a free agent, and they released Scott Burrell in the same day. And here is the cherry on the Sunday, right? This is the great Jerry Krause. After 11 seasons with the Chicago Bulls, Scottie Pippen, the franchise's second all-time leader in points and assists and, and steals, was traded in 1998 to the Houston Rockets in exchange for Roy Rogers and a second-round draft pick in the 2000 NBA draft, which was Jake Voskel. A top 50 player in a sign and trade. Yeah, Krause took care of Pippen financially at the end. Here is the sign and trade. Here's the money. Thank you for coming to the Bulls, but I'm going to pay you to get out of town because I can't stand to have you around anymore because way too much winning, way too many championships, way too many accolades. So we're going to trade you to Houston. And in return, the great Jerry Krause, who was so great with the wheeling and dealing, all you can get for Scottie Pippen was Roy Rogers and a second-round pick in 2000, Jake Voskel. The great sleuth couldn't even get past his own ego to make it work with Michael Jordan and Pippen and Phil. You know why? Because his dream, whether that dream was wet or not, was to build around Tony Kukoc. The lust in his eyes for Tony Kukoc as the man on this team. 
And how did that work out for the short term as, as Tony was the man? Because there was no Michael and there was no Scotty. How did that work out for, long, for the short term with Tony Kukoc before he was traded to Philadelphia a couple of years later? The word that I'm searching for is foresight. Foresight. Organizations win championships, huh? Not when you don't have players and a bad reputation permeating around the NBA that exists today. It's 2020. This is going on today. As Connor Shelvis, as well as Eversley's got to figure out, well, how do we change the narrative? How do we flip this? Organizations wins championships, huh? Now, now without Michael, and now without Scotty, and now, now without Foresight, along with the championships, that is also high on the resume for Reinsdorf and Kraus. The bad reputation is on that resume along with the championships. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Eric, let's open the phone lines and hear from you. If you got a chance to watch the documentary, if you watched last night, you tell me uh, some your best highlight of the entire documentary that stood out to you. And I will ask a question I've asked a lot of guests over the last three weeks or four weeks for this documentary. I'm going to ask a question to you that I've asked a lot of our guests. So does this documentary help the current Chicago Bulls organization? Or does it hurt the current Bulls organization? Simple question. If you're a Bulls fan, even if you haven't watched a documentary, you know what's been going on. You can tell me this. Does this documentary help or hurt the Bulls right now with Eversley and Karnaschovas? And your best highlight, your most memorable moment from the Last Dance documentary. It's Last Dance Mondays brought to you by Coors Light. We'll get your thoughts. Also, we're going to hear from Jerry Reinsdorf and Michael Jordan there was a chance for an eighth championship or a seventh championship, another opportunity for a title. Uh, was that possible? We'll hear from both coming up next and your phone calls right here on UTH. It's under the hood. Follow us on the gram at IGJ hood and at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. MJ and the Bulls, they won, and they won a lot. And even if I weren't a Bulls fan back then, I'd give them credit because credit is due because of all this front office turmoil that we watched in the documentary, all the question marks, all the stories uh, about teammates wanting to do their own thing, with Pippen wanting out, Rodman going to Vegas, uh, and going to WCW to team with Hulk Hogan, Cross and Reinsdorf putting out negative statements about players on the team in this championship era. It was a lot. And we're talking about it right here with Last Dance Mondays, brought to you by Coors Light. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, the brand-new ESPN Chicago app. Glad to have you in tonight here on this Monday night, talking to you about this Last Dance. If you watch the documentary, I want to get your thoughts. You've heard some of my thoughts already in our first segment. Now I want to hear from you. Uh, Do you have a favorite segment of the documentary that really stood out to you? And just your overall thoughts about um, the Bulls, and Michael Jordan wanting to have a seventh championship. My thought is is that I, all of a sudden the Bulls organization has foresight. They don't have foresight now. All of a sudden now the, the, the Bulls, unlike the Lakers, unlike the Spurs, unlike um, the Detroit Pistons and others, they all were able to ride until the wheels fall off. But now the Bulls all of a sudden like, nope, no, no, this is enough. It's enough now. That's unfair. Completely unfair to the Grays athlete that we've seen in Chicago, especially from basketball in Michael Jordan. 
Let's get your thoughts. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. We're going to hear from Jerry Reinsdorf as well as Michael Jordan here uh, in this segment because there was something key toward the end of uh, episode number 10 that we've got to review. Ryan and Gurney leads us off here on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Jonathan. Nice show. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I don't blame Jerry for trying to get rid of all those guys. Uh, I mean, Jerry was, you know, these days they call him socially awkward, a little bit of a weirdo, and those guys were just mean to him. I, I remember they showed the clip in 93, and I was watching it live. Jerry's like, oh, Michael, give me one of those cigars. And then Michael's like, oh, cigars will still your growth, Jerry. He's like, no. And then Michael didn't give him a cigar. And I remember oh, that's so that sad. Then. Oh, that's so sad. He didn't get a cigar, Ryan. That's that's so sad. He, you got anything on basketball or business instead of this but playground you nonsense they, you're talking about? Yeah, I just can't. I just felt like uh, they were so mean to Jerry the whole time. I can't, you know, not what I would have been getting rid of him too. But yeah. the real thing, Ryan, I, I appreciate your phone call. Phone. Thanks for checking in. Okay, because they were so mean to Jerry. I, I love millennials' um, a, a viewpoint on a, a Gen X issue, in meaning that he, 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 Jerry Krause had to endure the Chicago Bulls and their demeanor because they're players and he's management. Do you know that's happening outside of sports? You know that's happening in business where those that are making a lot of money, those that are are the uh, the focal point of a company, sometimes they are playful or they're sticking it to management, calling them suits. I mean, your, your only point is, is that you know, Kraus had to break the team up because they were making fun of him. What a 2020 call that is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, the, the, the reason why you do it is because you do it from, for business reasons, not because of feelings. Thank you, Ryan, for telling me to, to expressing to me what 2020 is about, not about business, but it's about feelings because of, because he didn't get a cigar from Michael. No, what it's about is, is that Jerry thought that the team was in a position where they were getting too old and he decided to cut the cord. So, so in other words, Ryan, and keep in mind, I would never have you run my organization either uh, in that if you're more concerned with feelings than making money, um, then I, I wouldn't want you around my organization either. <laughs> it's, it, it is about business. And that, that team was winning championships and putting money in Jerry's pocket and the organization's pocket. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Uh, Joy, Krause, he had his feelings hurt, and he did his feelings. doesn't matter. does not matter. So you'd rather lose and embarrass your organization over feelings? Yeah, thank you very much for the that 2020 sports radio call there. I can't confirm, but that guy might have been Krause's nephew. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first person I've heard because Krause is mean. Like, that disdain for Krause... Didn't become because he was a weird, socially awkward guy. It started when he wouldn't let Jordan come back from his injury. It added with the coup coach. It added with the Pippin. Like, it was a poor relationship for over a decade. So that's where that came from. Yeah, just, I'm just, you know, I mean, again, if that's what you got out of the documentary that the, that the, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were mean to, to, uh, to Jerry Krause. So, it, so Jerry and his manipulation behind the scenes had nothing to do with the, that Michael's relationship with, uh, Jerry or Sky's relationship with Jerry. Uh, what about those conversations? What about the manipulation from Jerry? And then, of course, with Jerry and uh, Reinsdorf and Crosston at the end. Again, we'll not deal with the revisionist history because I lived at one and two, we saw it for ourselves in the documentary. 
let us now hear from uh, Michael Jordan and from uh, Jerry Krause. Let's start with Jerry Krause. So at the end of season uh, of episode 10, um, Jerry Reinsdorf was asked the question that many want to ask, like why the breakup, right? Jerry Reinsdorf on why the team had to be broken up. Listen. Now, after the sixth championship, things were beyond our control. Because it would have, it would have been suicidal at that point in their careers to bring back uh, Pippen, Steve Kerr, Rodman, Ron Harper. Their market value individually was going to be too high. They, they weren't going to be worth the money they were going to get in the market. So when we realized that we were going to have to go into a rebuild, I went to Phil and said, offered me the opportunity to come back the next year. But he, but he said, I don't want to go through a rebuild. I don't want to coach a bad team. You know, that was the end. It just came to an end on its own. You know, had, had Michael been healthy and wanted to come back, it, I, I don't doubt that Krauss could have rebuilt another championship team in a couple of years. But, you know, it, it wasn't going to happen instantly. So then Jordan's response to what Reinsdorf uh, said. In 98, Krauss already said at the beginning of the season, Phil can go 82-0. And he was never going to be the coach. So when when Phil said it was the last dance, it was the last dance. We knew they weren't going to keep the team. Now, they could have nixed all of it at the beginning of 98. Why say that statement at the beginning of 98? If you ask all the guys who won in 98, Steve Kerr, Judd Bushler, blah, blah, blah. We give you one-year contract to try for seven. You think they would have signed? Yes, they would have signed. Would I sign for one year? Yes, I would have signed for one year. I've been signing one-year contracts up to that. Would Phil done it? Yes. Now, Pip, you would have had to do some convincing. But if Phil was going to be there, if Dennis was going to be there, if MJ was going to be there to win our seventh, Pip is not going to miss on that one. Yeah, 91, 92, I was, I was young, full of energy, hungry. In 98, when winning six out of eight and yet being just as dominant as you were in 91 that's where the you know, the craftsmanship came in you know, I think 98 was much better than any other years because of how I was able to use my mind as well as my body so is it then satisfying to leave at your peak no or is it maddening to leave at your peak it's maddening you know, because I felt like we could have won seven. Uh, I really believe that. We may not have, but man, just not to be able to try, that's, that's, that's something that, you know, I just can't accept for whatever reason. I just can't accept it. So the thoughts there from Michael Jordan, does the documentary help or hurt the current Chicago Bulls based on everything that you've seen with the, um, what the Bulls and what Michael Jordan had to say and how the organization was portrayed back then. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Let me just comment quickly, and I want to get back to your phone calls. I want you to look at it from this standpoint. From And again, we got to look at it with perspective. It's not just my opinion. I'm stating facts when I'm talking about how Michael Jordan says that he would have been able to course more than likely uh, Phil Jackson returned. Pippen would have been difficult. Robin is down for anything, so I think Robin would have returned. But for for, for perspective, Larry Bird needed seven games uh, in 1984 to be able to um, win a championship. And again, we're talking about the all-time greatest, right? And so when I think about Jordan, all 
of what we're, we're watching during that era was the Bulls find a way to win championships in six games or less. Bird needed seven in 1984. Magic needed seven in 1988. Hakeem Olajuwon needed seven in 1994. Tim Duncan needed seven in 2005. Kobe Bryant needed seven in 2010. LeBron James needed seven in 2016. Even Bill Russell, the greatest winner of all time with 11 titles and 13 seasons with Boston, had several seven uh, game sevens in the finals in 60 and 62, also in 66 and 69. My point is, is that when we're talking about Jordan, we're not just talking about a crying meme or someone that was rough on Scott Burrell or this ultimate gregarious team leader. We're talking about someone that it would be hard to bet against. David Aldridge kept saying in the, in the uh, broadcasts, yeah, I thought they were going to lose against the Pacers. Yeah, I thought they were going to lose against the Sonics. Yeah, I thought they were going to lose against the, the Jazz. And Jordan just kept coming back. His will was stronger than anything else. But here's the thing. Even though he had a strong will, maybe the Bulls win a championship. They're seventh, and maybe they don't. But it's up to the Bulls to try instead of just unplugging it for the Tim Floyd era. Three one two three three two espn is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's hear from you. We'll say hello to Ed, who is in Berwyn on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood. Hey, Eddie. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. To be on the Thanks show. for checking in. Um, great documentary. Yes. You know, you pose the question of, is it going to help the Bulls? Well, of course. Hopefully, you know, they watch this. They're motivated. They're seeing what it takes to, you know, become a champion. I like what Michael said at the end. He's like, I didn't give up. I didn't quit. You know, so hopefully it, it it just motivates the guys a little bit more just to, you know, strive to that championship level. Mm-hmm. And I think it might hurt in that. Well, now they know, you know, how this organization could be if they didn't know already. And I, I, I'm a you know longtime Bulls fan. I love the Bulls, but you know, it, it's an organization. I'm asking myself do these guys want to win or do we just want to sell out the stadium and become, you know, the fourth best uh, franchise in terms of profitability, you know, in this year. So that's just my take on it. Appreciate the time. Well, I, I just think Ed, I appreciate your phone call. It, it just, it seems obvious to me that they chose the sold out house, the money that they were getting from fans that want to be part of the bulls championship run. And those that just want to be at the United center because it was a cool place to be completely the cool place to be. You want to be there because all you start seeing stars there. You start seeing good basketball there for a long time. And no one knew when the era would end. So you had to get season tickets. You had to be there because it was a happening. And then the lockout happened. And then all of a sudden, Tony Kukoc is the ultimate star of the Bulls. And it's, it's a totally different dynamic. Now you're seeing this Bulls team win 15 games, 17 games. And it was rough to watch. But this is what Kraus wanted because he wanted Tony Kukoc to be the man so badly. A 29, 30-year-old Tony Kukoc, who played very well overseas, comes to the Bulls. And this is exactly what he wanted. And so, and he got what he got. I mean, he, he got himself Tony Kukoc at the top of the card as the draw for the Chicago Bulls. And you saw a lot of losing and a lot of underwhelming play. And that's really too bad because you had the genuine article here with Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. And you'd rather turn a blind eye to those guys because of feelings or because, you know, you, as, as uh, Reinsdorf said, it would be suicidal. I heard that. Eric, last night, I hear it again here in the soundbite. We play suicidal for who? The Bulls? 
It's a, suicidal for who? The, not the players. And so Jordan had a way to be able to try to finesse and try to get those players back. I want to make sure this is also clear, too, because it comes across as, well, Jordan could have brought Steve Kerr and, like, Joe Klein, Dennis Rodman, uh, good players and mediocre players, and just bring them all back for one more run. No, no, there would have been a dynamic that's changed as far as the bench is concerned and a couple of starters. But if Jerry Krause wanted to be able to have a seventh uh, opportunity to win a championship, he would have done his level best to go through the free agency and find quality players to be able to replace those that he was going to let go anyway. Um, but Jordan was going to want to come back for a seventh year, and he was denied. And many look at Phil Jackson. Phil was, didn't get along with Jerry Krause. You think Michael could have talked Phil Jackson into returning? Possibly. But the thing is, we'll never know. Because, remember, organizations win championships and players don't, ultimately, is what Jerry Krause was saying. And he rubbed people the wrong way. And that, again, permeates all the way through 2020. <laughs> that's the thing that's unbelievable. Like it, it happened back then in the 90s, but it's happening right now. And this is why the Bulls have to turn things around. And that's where we're asking your thoughts about how this documentary does it help or hurt the Bulls as far as the current regime. And anything that stood out in the documentary, I'm taking your calls here on this uh, last dance on Monday. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. This is Under the Hood on ESPN 1000. Follow at TweetJHood on Twitter. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Boy, for those old Sonics and Knicks and Suns and Trailblazers and Jazz and Laker fans that were watching last night, I've been watching this documentary, I know that they were salty. They got to be salty, right? From watching The Last Dance. The team of the 90s were celebrated, and the Bulls ran over those Western Conference teams and some Eastern Conference teams as well. That whole thing of trying to get past the Cavs and the Pistons and the Pacers and the Knicks, it's all part of the journey to win, the journey. That's the thing that stood out to me the most is the journey. It's it Just because you put a team together doesn't necessarily mean that you are automatically going to win a championship. We have seen these quote-unquote super teams come together, and some have been successful, and some not so much. But Jordan's will to win was stronger than anything else in the Bulls. And for those that bought in, they bought in. It came down to work ethic and execution and teamwork and success all rolled into one. And look at the energy and effort it took to win these games, these series, these championships. It was something. I really enjoyed that walk down memory lane because it was very interesting to me. And, And on top of that, hopefully... This documentary can be able to be a springboard into the Karnaschovas and Eversley era of Chicago Bulls basketball, where it's like, that was then, this is now. And you know what the city's like when the Bulls are good, when the Bulls have something cooking. We haven't seen it since the Derrick Rose era. But you know when it's good, man, that United Center starts rocking. And and people will have that feeling, once again, of a championship-like team. Maybe the Bulls will have that in the next few years. Hopefully that's the case. But looking back, as everyone tries to pick apart and, and tries to look at Jordan in a certain way or the Bulls a certain way and trying to find you know different ways to try to find hot takes, my, my prevailing thought is that guy's a champion. And he, he did it because he wanted to be able to win. He continued to work hard because he wanted his team to win and for him to win. 
it's not about being a Mr. Nice Guy. It's about trying to win championships and trying to get people on the same page. And and so the leadership, how maybe it doesn't age well for some in 2020, it doesn't bother me uh, because I would love for someone to take uh, a team by the testicular fortitude and say, hey, you know, well, we need to win a championship here. Let's let's go. You know, let, let me lead by example. Let me show you what it takes to win. I'd love for someone on this Bulls team to do that. <laughs> I don't know if they do, though. It's a different way for sure. But I think that something that will always uh, stand the test of time is winning and work ethic. It doesn't matter how many magazine covers you're on, no matter how many likes you get on Instagram. What's about is championships. It's about trying to get in the mix to be, be an NBA champion. Jordan did that. Now let's see what moves, how we move forward throughout the NBA. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six. Jonathan Hood with you here on Last Dance Monday, brought to you by Coors Light. And I enjoyed the hell of that documentary. I want to get your thoughts on what you saw—a memorable moment and how the Bulls will be viewed now after this documentary is over last night. Let's go back to the phone lines to talk to you. We will say hello to Zach in Deerfield on ESPN One Thousand with Jonathan Hood. Hey Z. Hey Jay Hood, what's up, man? What's cracking, man? How are you? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. So, in my opinion, I was so excited for the documentary. I was like, ooh, this is going to make the Bulls look good. But I just after watching it, there were so many things that made me cringe. And I was just like, after I know Krause is gone and he's been gone a long time, but, you know, Reinsdorf is still there. And, you know, from to- it, he didn't look great. And, like, the situation with Tibbs and how long it took to take uh, to get rid of Foreman. I think it would hit. I think this would hit differently if Eversley had been here has had been here for a year or two, and there's there has been like some positive change. But we haven't seen that in a long time, so I don't think it made the Bulls look as good as we thought it would. Does this help the current Bulls? This documentary we saw. Yeah, I don't. I it's, for me, it's so hard. I thought it would. I thought it honestly would help a lot more than it did. Then, uh, then it came out. I, that's just my opinion. I could be so wrong, and I hope I am. Mm-hmm. But like thinking, but watching it back, I, I there were not a lot of points that made me be like, okay, all right, I think this is really going to help. I think this can help turn things around. But I just, I don't know. I didn't see it. I just hope I'm not being negative. No, I mean, I, I get it, Zach, and I appreciate your phone call. The reason why that you feel that way is because what have you seen lately? Um, and and let, let, with a wink and a nod, let me just say this. Right. Jordan had an opportunity to talk about he had plenty of opportunities to talk about his will to win and all that. Right. This actually could have been a kind of an infomercial for his Charlotte Hornets team. You notice Charlotte was never mentioned in the documentary at all. He's, he's Michael is uh, the worst owner in the NBA uh, right now. Uh, and uh, I would love to hear some thoughts from his current organization on how Michael goes about business because he was so about winning on the floor as a player. It does not translate for him in the front office. This could have been an opportunity to like put a big Charlotte Hornets logo up there for him <laughs> to help him out because uh, that team is, is dreadful. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. It has been dreadful over the years, Bobcats or Hornets, uh, for Michael. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. Hopefully, this is something where free agents and agents look at the Bulls and say, "Boy, that was a rough time." But I see there's new faces here. Even though Jerry Reinsdorf still lingers for sure, but it's Michael Reinsdorf's um, ownership. Uh, he's the the face of it, along with the new staff 
Paxton's still around, but there's no Gar. And, you know, I, I like to think that this documentary can help in a, in a positive way for the Bulls moving forward because there's new faces uh, in the front office. Rob is in the city with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000. Hi, Rob. Hey, Jay Hood. How you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, I watched the documentary. First of all, it was fantastic. Uh, but what I noticed in terms of the Krause, uh, Jerry Reinstorf thing is really Reinstorf should have stepped in, been the leader, gotten Scotty Pippen and Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson in an office and said, hey, listen, you know, first of all, they should have paid Scotty earlier, you know, and said, you know, let's let's rip up this contract. You deserve a lot more. You're one of the 50 greatest players of all time. They didn't do that. Huge mistake. And as far as relating to today, um, I think it hurt the Bulls in a way because Reinstorf still is there, and he chose greed over being a good leader. Fair to say. I appreciate your phone call, Rob. I, I, it's fair to say uh, because look at what the, the choice was. Let's go back to the Pippin because this will be talked about, I'm sure, for, for, the, for now until the end of time with the whole Pippin thing. So Reinsdorf had the foresight to know that the big TV money was coming after Pippen signed that contract. He said, Scotty, don't sign it now. Look, you know, this is going to be a really irrelevant contract as soon as you sign this contract. Scotty had to sign the contract because he wanted to take care of his family. Those that are don't believe in poverty or don't believe that people go through poverty would not understand Scotty Pippen's story. He had two people that were handicapped in his family. He was in rural Arkansas. He was able to try to help his family out with that contract. Yeah, it was a lot of years, and it didn't seem like a lot of money for a top 50 player at the time. But ultimately, Pippen got made whole because of the contract he received uh, on the way out to Houston. Then got paid in Portland. So the money, uh, as far as NBA money is concerned, Pippen and Jordan are pretty much the same. Maybe Pippen got a little bit more than Jordan. Uh, But Ultimately, you know, if I'm Jerry Reinsdorf, knowing that, hey, you know what, Pippen's really stepping up here, he's helping us win the championships, I would help try to renegotiate this. If I'm Jerry Reinsdorf, it's like, I know Kraus is a pain in the ass, and maybe you don't like him, but here, let me offer you something that's commensurate to what is going on now in the NBA. It won't be like this full boat contract, but I'm going to try to take care of you as much as possible because we cherish you. I would have done that because that's in, that's good faith. That's good business. Uh, and, you know, that's not how the Bulls did things. That's not how they're doing things. 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Rob, I'm glad you checked in with your viewpoint. I appreciate your phone call. And Rob also just mentioned that he's not sure if this documentary helps the current Bulls because Jerry's still there. So it's just an interesting note from Rob who checked in. Let me go to Oak Park. Here's Mike. With Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000, we talked about the last dance. Hello, Mike. Hi, how you doing? Good. Um, first, I want to say that uh, I think you're like one of the most intelligent guys who talk on sports radio, and you always tell it like it is, you know, sugarcoated. So I respect it. Thank you, Mike. Um, so I got two points to make. One, um, I used to scout for a guy who was an NBA agent, and uh, it was right after Jordan had joined the uh, Wizards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in Portsmouth, Virginia. It was one of the three uh, tournaments they had, and it was only for seniors. Uh, and I, when I was there, uh, I met Jerry Krause, and uh, 
and I met uh, Dr. J, and I met Kevin McHale. Uh, we had a kid that was playing in Germany, 18 years old. He was from Nigeria, and he was supposed to go in the first round, and everyone was interested in him. Uh, I, I introduced myself to Kevin McHale and Dr. J, and they're real polite and friendly. In fact, next day when I walked past and said, hey, Mike, how you doing? Uh, first day I was there, uh, first half hour, seen Jerry Krause. I was a Bulls fan all the way back in the days of Tom War. Four winkles, 32 rebounds, and over-the-shoulder layups for Norm Van Leer in, yeah. in Jerry Slump. Yeah. And I told him I greatly appreciate all those championships you won, and I thought you did an excellent job of putting the team together. He didn't acknowledge me. He didn't say hello. He didn't say thank you. He just kept walking as if I was bugging him, and I just stole his favorite bowl of popcorn. And <laughs> I, I never forgot that. And... He couldn't carry anything of Dr. J and Kevin McHale, and they treated me as if I was just a, a regular person like everyone else, and they were just regular people. And the funniest thing is when he was at that Portsmouth tournament, he only stayed a half hour, and he left. All the other guys stayed there all weekend and scout, check on these players. Jerry Cross was there for a half hour, and he left. And when he left, everyone was laughing about him. Everyone was laughing about the type of person he was. Why would you come for a half hour and leave? Why would you even bother coming? And it was just sort of crazy. And the last point I want to make, the most important one, is no one's bringing this up, so I'm going to bring it up. Okay. I don't, I don't think what's so bad about what Krauss and Reinstorf did, I don't I don't understand how they did. They did not understand that they were a part of something special. And what they did was a slap in the face of history. It was a slap in the face of history. The Bulls were doing things, that team was doing things that hadn't been done. And and Jerry Reinsendorf and Krause owed it to history to let it play out to its final conclusion. That's, and it was and a slap in the face of history. Yeah, and I appreciate your phone call. The, and the point is, is that Krause and Reinsdorf pretty much said, if these teams in the East and West can't beat you, we will beat you. Those two stopped the streak. Those two made sure that the Bulls did not win a, a seventh championship. And again, with negotiation and communication and not thinking that you're bigger than the room, what you do is is that you make sure that you have a communication, an open line of communication with maybe guys that you don't like. And that's okay. You know, everybody's not going to be in love. Wait until we see the Kobe documentary. You think that, that that was full of love in the Shaq era? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Of Shaq and Kobe. Wait until that documentary comes out. You think that that Jordan was an a hole uh, with the Bulls? Wait until you see Kobe. You know, it, it's about business. What's best for business? Another championship was, would have been best for business, but no, not for Jerry Kraus and Jerry Reinsdorf. More of your phone calls coming up. Three one two three three two ESPN three three two three seven seven six is our phone number. What are your overall thoughts on the documentary? And does this help or hurt the Bulls now that you've seen the This is Under the Hood. This is me. Under the Hood podcasts are available now on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. Available on your device now. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We talk about The Last Dance brought to you by Coors Light. What a terrific documentary. I think OJ Made in America is the best documentary for sports 
and culture, the combination of the two that I've ever seen. Uh, but I'm definitely this documentary is right up there and people get poke holes in it all day. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. I don't, I couldn't care less. I just know that we saw the greatest champion that Chicago's ever had. And I'm not poking holes into that. I'm poking holes into the organization, how it could have been one more run for a championship. It just, just what it took to win a championship and everything that was uh, put into winning a championship, the grind, the, the, to me, the journey is the biggest thing. And there's other things that we're going to get to in this documentary that really resonate with me as we move forward here. But boy, that just the journey of just trying to get past the Pistons, get past the Cavs, get past the Pacers that we saw last night, uh, defeating Western Conference foes, even though the Bulls kind of laughed at the Jazz, like, now we got this, beating them twice, the Sonics. It just, um, nothing is guaranteed, and everyone has their run. But to me, the Bulls' run is was supposed to end by the hands of another team. Maybe the following year after the Bulls won the championship, their sixth championship, maybe the Spurs would end it. Who knows? Who, who, who is, but here's the thing. It's not up to Jerry Krause to make that decision. It's really about the players and the coaches. And if they lose, they lose. But lose on the floor, not in the front office. That's BS. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 our phone number. Especially when you've got a great player like Michael Jordan, in which you don't bet against him until you actually see him lose uh, in a finals in seven games or six games. Six MVPs, six championships. You bet against him, why? Because you just do? No, you bet against him when you see him lose. The first time. We never saw that in a Chicago Bulls uniform in the finals. Uh, Dean is in Naperville on ESPN 1000 with Jonathan Hood. Hey, Dino. Hey, Hoodie First. Uh, hopefully you're safe. And a quick shout-out to Sylvie. Hopefully he recovers quickly. Absolutely. And second, I just want to tell you, your show is right on point tonight. Your analysis and commentary on this great documentary, I don't know why people are taking shots at that, but I think Jason here did a great job going back and forth and giving people perspective like you and me who saw it. And then I've got three sons that were really young in the 90s, and it's, for them to go back and see this is great for them. So that's number one. Number two, as far as uh, what does this do for the Bulls now, I think if Jerry were to come out and just say, hey, my son and the new president are going to run this thing and I'm going to stay out of it, I think would help him. I think if he stays silent, there'll be some hesitation by any of these free agents. Notice one thing Jerry didn't, Jerry Krause didn't do well. He never attracted free agents. Michael was ahead of him, and everybody else who he scouted well, those guys were projects, and they were diamonds in the rough, and, and the organization and the coaching staff built them up. So that would be number two. And then number three, I think there's a little bit of a, a disease going on in Chicago. One, how do, you, how, do you ta- how do you let the champions not lose or be beat? Two, how do you, how do you break up the Hawks coaching staff after they've won three championships in nine years? And then how is Joe Madden, after he's broken the curse for 100 years, still not around? And I'll let you comment on it. And by the way, again, great job on the show tonight. Dino, thank you very much for the phone call. Man, um, in two minutes, we're going to take more of your phone calls. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. If you go to our podcast, look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Look for my podcast. Just type in your Google search Ego, you Under the Hood Show, Ego. That will tell you all you need to know. We'll talk about it on the other side, but just the, the, the answer to your question, all that is Ego. Who gets the credit? 
who gets the credit, you know, and to me, everybody should get the credit when you win, but all of it comes down to the word ego, which is unbelievable. All right. In two minutes, I want to take more of your phone calls. If you're on hold, you will be on the air. I just want to get your thoughts in the last dance. Now that it's over, how does this is help or hurt the Bulls organization moving forward? Also, your favorite scene from the documentary. I'll get your calls in here. Will Purdue at uh, 820 on UTH.